Is Ethereum a token or is it a security? How the United States Securities and Exchange Commission defines it could change the face of crypto forever. In this episode, we'll dig into the discussion, examining the pros and cons of how such a decision could impact the token world. Also, the Crypto Chicks are back for an interview with Michael Juan, the chief scientist at CyberMiles. Rachel and Sarah discovered how CyberMiles is building a blockchain of their own, specifically for e-commerce. We're Googling things so you don't have to, and if you calculate the time we're saving you, it's got to amount to at least one Satoshi. So count your savings and hodl like hell because it's episode number 123 of the bad crypto podcast this is eric from bismarck north dakota you're listening to the bad crypto podcast stay bad Okay, the Bad Crypto Podcast, whoop, yeah, we get it hype. Talking Bitcoin with Joel Common, Travis Wright. Yeah, digital money and blockchain, keep you informed and entertained. Make you think, make you laugh, but remember, stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast, let's go. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Remember to please keep your hands and feet in the vehicle at all times because you're going to need those to count your crypto. I'm Joel Kamm, and we're glad you're here. What's your name? Um, we are still, you know what, I'm still named Travis, right? We're creating content, and you're listening to it. You know what's really, people write us, and they're like, we wish you were, uh, we, we've heard from several people that are like, why can't you be every day? And we're like, because... You don't know how hard it is to just talk to Travis all the time. It's <laughs> I know. At least we stopped doing videos because then we had to look at each other. But we're going to start doing we videos. Do we're actually, oh, we're going to start doing videos. So, see, it's unfortunate. You're going to see more of me. I, saw, I apologize. If we find time, as we're looking at the calendar, things are really uh, getting busy. And it looks like there's plenty of travels ahead. People do have a lot to say, though, about the show, Travis. And uh, we know you might as well. And if you do, then please go review us uh, on iTunes. If you're listening on iOS, go to the, the iTunes. It's badco.in forward slash iTunes. And, uh, and leave a review for us there. Sometimes I really enjoy um, reading the bad reviews. Uh, and and do not uh, encourage them, Mr. Joe Com. I mean, we, I don't really like them. So <laughs> well, this, this guy says, "Great waste of time." Uh, follow Andreas Antonopoulos on YouTube and Twitter for videos and articles uh, that are actually valuable. These guys are typical radio DJs. Yeah, you know what's what was funny to me? There was one on there that gave us one stars, and he goes, "This is horrible. I couldn't even get through one episode." And then I looked at the amount of reviews that this person has given since two thousand one. It is the fourth review he's ever given. <laughs> Here's another. He really, he really hated it. Yeah, he, he, you, you must have liked to at least we got this. this uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm gonna log in actually and leave a review. I've I've given three others in 17 years. <laughs> well, here's the deal. We've got it is a solid five star review on iTunes, which thank you for that, everybody. But there's a few one stars, and uh, this one here says awful. The only thing they got right is the name of the show, Bad Crypto. These two telemarketing clowns are better suited <laughs> for a morning zoo show. Oh, Their level God. of understanding Man, of that's good. 
It's a good compliment. Yeah, yeah, their level of understanding of the crypto is that of a fifth grader. Collectively, that's two and a half grades. Two and a half grades <laughs> each. Their logic is a combination of half truths and cliches. Their worldview, nice. a compound of misconception. Their tawdry and offensive personalities are only matched by the sleaziness of their previous dubious professions. Maybe it's time that wow. you clean, Travis, about being a lady of the night. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Oh this my, good. But, you know, I don't talk about the days when I was a hooker. I try to keep that in the past. Leave that know? to a John. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we got some fans. We got some unfans, and that's the way life is. And you know what? All you can do is stay bad and do good stuff. And that's, so that's all you that's can do. do. So we've uh, we're going to we've got the crypto chicks in this show for you. In fact, they've brought us a great interview with Michael Wan of Cyber Miles. Uh, And if uh, they get they got a token coming out, the CMT token, and uh, they recently announced a collaboration between themselves and the Dallas Mavericks. So if you're a basketball fan, you can actually use CMT tokens to buy Mavs tickets so well we'll get to that in a little bit but first of all we've got a topic that is in the news right now and actually by the time this show hits some of what we're going to talk about may have already already actually happened so let's let's do it well maybe you know maybe we'll, we'll try to get this out as soon as possible because this is some big news and it's one of those things i know we've had conversations when we were in New Orleans about this. This has been some of the buzz is, is Ethereum a security or is it a utility token? And that's been a big point of conversation because that is going to change the face of the crypto game, depending on how this is ruled, Mr. Jokam. Yes. If U.S. regulators determine that Ethereum should be classified as a security, and remember, Ethereum's number two in the crypto market cap, just behind, uh, you know, granddaddy Bitcoin, it's like Bitcoin's I want to I don't want to say Bitcoin's little brother because that would be Litecoin. So maybe it's cousin uh, Ether. Mm-hmm. And if it is a security, then the case could be made that they should have registered with the SEC in 2014 when it launched. Right now, there's there's another great article out here that uh, the Ethereum says it was never a security. And actually, the Ethereum co-founder refutes the claims of this and actually saying that we spent a tremendous amount of time with lawyers in the U.S. and in other countries and are extremely comfortable that it is not a security. It was never a security. Many regulators that matter understand what Ethereum is. So this is a good uh, place for a little education. Something we've learned about since we got into tokens and crypto is something called the Howey test. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, the Howey test is what the Supreme Court, uh, they made a decision in 1946 to decide whether or not something is a security. Uh, and it actually goes back to uh, this case, the SEC versus W.J. Howey Corporation, and Howie sold a portion of its citrus farms to investors who bought the land in the interest of earning profits from the citrus farming operation. It was eventually deemed to have been a securities contract by the Supreme Court because of this definition given by Justice Murphy. He said, the scheme involves an investment of money in a common enterprise with profits to come solely from the efforts of others. And so this test to, is what has been used to determine 
um, the value of a transaction between two parties and if something is a security. Yeah, you know what? I would be curious to see. I I think that is a possibility, and we we would be a long way from this happening. But I it would not surprise me if cryptocurrency and this whole thing ends up going to the U.S. Supreme Court. It really depends on what the SEC and CFTC sort of you know figure out with this. But I don't think they're they're necessarily working together. It seems to me like the SEC is the one that's going to say, "Here's what we think it is," and I, I don't know. There's, it doesn't really seem to be. Is there like a a, a, a coalition or these? Are they actually working together to solve the problem or are they all trying to solve it independently? Well, you know, I don't know for nobody really knows. And that's why everybody's waiting to see what they say. And and here's the, the deal with this, that uh, if they do determine that it's a security, then it's going to courts like this is this is not something that would get resolved quickly. And and I would think that if Ethereum is a security, guess what? That means all ICOs, all cryptocurrency would be a security. And so I think that the court cases on this, you know, what would happen to the crypto space over time, you know, if if they determined that this was a security? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before. If if you have a hammer, everything that you see looks like a nail. So they're all trying to fit it within their box. When in reality, what they should be looking at and saying, in the future, stocks and these cryptocurrencies are most likely going to merge in some way. Right. I could see a joint or the stocks are going to go away because the millennials, they don't really like the stock market. They don't trust it. They saw what happened in 2008. They don't buy into these big bubbles, uh, or at least the majority of them don't. Uh, a, A lot of a lot of I've seen some statistics where it's like not a lot of millennials are investing in the stock market and stuff. There's not a great percentage of them. And then, you know, Generation Z behind them and then Gen A behind them. Crypto is interesting to them. Right. And uh, Giancarlo, the uh, F- the CFTC chairman, he said his family really thinks crypto is interesting. They pay attention to it. They like watching it. And more and more people are going to get it. The Congress, in most cases to me, in, in a lot of these different technical things, they don't fully understand them. A lot of them folks are would still use AOL. I mean, if you watch the Facebook mess, whenever they were interviewing Zuckerberg, you're like, are you serious? Like, wow, these are the questions you're asking. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Joel Com, I don't know if you've seen this or not. Have you seen the bad lip reading of the Zuckerberg uh, thing? I have not watched it. Is it hysterical? Oh, my God. It is hilarious. They, <laughs> that guy who does those those lip reading videos crack me up, but this one might've been one of its better, better one that he's done. Okay. I'm going to actually, I see it here. I'm copying the link and we'll drop this in the uh, show notes because if Mr. Travis Wright says it's hysterical, uh, being being a student of the comedies, I trust his judgment. So uh, you guys can check that out here as well. I particularly likes it when he's blowing bubbles in his water. That was pretty funny. Okay, well, uh, let's, <laughs> let's just uh, we'll just embed that into it's a YouTube video, so we'll embed that for you. You know, here, but here's the deal: there are penalties and fines around you know breaking these uh, these policies set up by the SEC, and it could mean that uh, a lot of people that have failed to comply with securities laws can have fines penalties, civil litigation, um, and we're talking, you know, exchanges, any company that was selling tokens of, of any kind based on Ethereum. This would be such a cluster that I think we're talking 
court for years. Like this is not something that would resolve any time in, in, you know, the next few years. In my humble opinion, I'm not a legal, uh, you know, uh, advisor though. Yeah. I'm not a prognosticator either, but I, I look at this from different angles. It's like, there's a really burgeoning community of really innovative things growing on top of these blockchain platforms. And I don't know how anybody can come in and place these blanket regulations on something that can totally stifle an in industry. Now let's look at New York and what happened with the bit license, right? What did that do to New York and crypto? They all left. There's no big crypto companies in New York City. Not a lot of them. There might be a couple. Maybe there's some ones doing ICOs, but the whole Bitcoin license, that changed the game in New York. And I do think if this becomes a, you know, if the, if the SEC rules that Ethereum is a security, everybody who holds a security that's not a accredited investor retroactively, they're going to go back and create a wake of crazy I think they let Pandora's box out. The, 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 the lid was open and it was too long. You can't contain this thing now, um, you know, crypto, because what will happen is money will pour into private cryptos, right? Because then you're going to like, oh, well, then everything's this. Then we're putting our money in Monero and Zcash and all those other ones. In fact, so uh, it's I was doing some Googling, so you don't have to, Travis. And there's a story on Coindesk oh, so nice from February of 2018. New York lawmakers open to revisiting the bit license because they all recognize that this thing is not working. Uh, once again, regulation mm -hmm. proves that regulation is often not needed. You know, let's let's let mm -hmm. the free market and let's let innovative and entrepreneurial people solve the problems of how, how we do business and get government out of it. You know, come on, hands off. Yeah. You know what? You know, at the um, right, right. Congress, we have the list of Congress folks that are in the two main Senate and House finance committees. Those are the ones that are going to be thinking about this. Most of them don't really know how it all works. They don't really understand how Facebook works. They don't, a lot of them don't really fully understand what's going on with Europe and the GDPR and the data collection privacy issues that's going on in the EU. And it's too early for them to make, they cannot make a blanket assessment at this time that Ethereum is a security because that, that will create, a, I think, the price of, of uh, Ethereum tanks. The market's tank. That could be that, that story we were talking about a couple of days ago where those guys said the crypto market could tank 90%. Who knows? I mean, the emotions that run wild in crypto are, are, are somewhat predictable, but I mean, they're, it's a, it's a whole new game. So not always does the, uh, you know, technical analysis hold up in the crypto. Oh, gone wild. Well, let's, you know, let's speculate here about what could happen if, they do indeed say that it is a security. In my estimation, I would believe that the markets would take a pretty serious hit. You know, both Ethereum and any Ethereum-based token and anything, you know, with the word token. And I, I think that we would see some panic selling because we'd be like, oh, this guy is falling. We got to get out. And then regulation would come into place. And I think, you know, things would legitimate um coins would take off again if they say it's not a security holy cow i think that what we've seen as hints for a bull run could really manifest in in craziness right yeah it's either, so we're, we're at this time this moment of time that could either 
we could see a massive bull run or a massive bear run. I mean, literally, mm, you know, it seems to me like I it, it really seems like the SEC chairman, what's his name, Jay Clayton, it seems like he has a hard on against these cryptocurrencies. He says, I've not seen one of them that's not a, not a, a security. That's his stance. He's been very vocal about that. So to me, I mean, I don't know if it's only the SEC making the decision. I say they think it's an it's a security. If it's a consortium or like what I think they should create, as we mentioned in the last episode, the you know the cryptocurrency uh, commission. You know what I mean, or whatever. Well, I, we'll find out soon enough if we haven't already. One one final uh, piece from uh, Coin Telegraph: Warren Buffett said something this week that makes me think that senility is perhaps setting in, uh, and that. Was he said, Bitcoin is probably rat poison squared. <laughs> yep. And then I don't know if you guys know who Charlie Munger is, but Charlie Munger, I have held high esteem for Charlie Munger. If you've ever had the opportunity to read Charlie Munger's Almanac, that book right there is completely epic when he, he shows about how they thought about, looked at investments and stuff. And he also echoed, you know, Buffett's criticism of crypto. He says this. Someone else is trading turds and you decide I can't be left out. <laughs> so apparently, guys, we're trading turds here in the crypto world. And it's totally asinine uh, to be selling and, and participating and investing in Bitcoin. Here, here's one more quote and then we'll get to our uh, feature interview. Uh, economist Nuriel Rubini, uh, he's known as Dr. Doom, and he predicted the 2008 financial crisis. He said, all this talk of decentralization is just bullshit. You're just making stuff up. Well, I mean, yes, that we are making it up, right? The the Bitcoin was made up, but so was, you know, fiat currency. So was every system. Everything's been made up like we have to create everything. So he's he's not incorrect that decentralization was made up, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. You know what? Opinions are uh, like butts. And uh, you've heard that quote before. Everybody has an opinion and everybody poops. And apparently, you know, according to some of these people, they think that, you know, investing in crypto is like trading turds. So, you know what? Some, one side's going to be right. The other one's going to be wrong. Hopefully, uh, you know, we're, we're on the right side of history. <laughs> I'm betting we are, but who knows? You never know. This is a crazy world. People who got control like to keep control. And just as we had been ready to produce this show, in fact, Aaron the Tech was actually rendering this episode when we discovered that perhaps the news about the SEC meeting on May 7th was uh, hashtag fake news. Well, you know how rumors get started and different conversations and, you know, so basically, apparently in the Wall Street Journal on the 1st of May, they published an article, the world's second most valuable cryptocurrency under regulatory scrutiny. And at the bottom of the post, it said a group of working, uh, a working group of regulators, including senior SEC and CFTC officials are scheduled to discuss the matter on May 7th, one of the people said. One of the people said. One of the people, whoever those guys are. So apparently that's that created all these articles on Coindesk and Cointelegraph and everybody talking about how potentially uh, Ethereum is a security, which potentially it is. But 
the SEC is not ruling on that right now. They're having a basically just a working meeting to discuss that. That's why right now it's so important to write your congressman because they're shaping their opinions right now. That's right. And what episode was it that you provided that list? Uh, we'll, we'll, we can provide it again on this one. I think it was episode 123 that we, okay. uh, badco.in forward slash 123. At the bottom of that, we have the Congress notes. And might as well just have the notes on every single episode uh, until this is resolved. So if somebody wants to know, just look at our show notes. We'll have them in there. Yeah, and apparently people are calling the SEC, and there's a number of tweets in this article from BitcoinExchangeGuy.com, and they're they're calling the SEC, and they're saying, you know, what's about the Ethereum thing? Uh, one person at the SEC office called it a hoax. Um, they had no idea what this was. So there is no hearing. Well, I mean, there's probably discussion, and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, first of all, don't believe what you read. Understand that there is manipulation in the market. And, you know, now it's clear that people believe the reason the Bitcoin market fell off about 600 points was because of Warren Buffett, you know, saying what he had to say. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, screw those guys. Uh, blockchain's here to stay, baby. Crypto's here to stay. And anybody who believes otherwise, uh, come into bag. Of, no, <laughs> eat a bag <laughs> of bad coin. Yeah. So, so a friend of the show, Jameson Lop, he tweeted out, he said, whether or not Ethereum is classified as a security by a government agency is not what really matters. What matters is whether or not it matters that a government agency can make such a declaration. Oh, snap. Lop, (laughs) dropping a lop bomb right there on the government. Dang. Yeah. So when you're in a decentralized space like like Bitcoin and really the Ethereum Foundation, I believe, owns one percent of the Ethereum or something. Right. So it's not like a stock where the CEO owns a certain amount. It's, it's a lot of this is a lot of these are distributed. Now, I have to say that some of these most likely are securities. A lot of these some of these ICOs that we've seen, I wouldn't say a lot, but I would say a portion of them seem to be on the security side. Uh, and some regulation needs to take place, but it's not, it can't be a blanket all over the whole industry. And our friend Charles Bell, who runs Syncrasy Tech, uh, he came on the show at the Blockhouse and he has a really great analogy about, about crypto and ICOs. And it goes, you know, like this say you are, you own a laundromat, and maybe right now you have a washer and you have a dryer, and this is your laundromat. And what you're doing is you're selling tokens for your laundromat, you know, for future, re- you know, future revenue of the laundromat. And they're going to take that revenue now. You're going to buy tokens now at maybe one-tenth the price of what you would have to pay later on. And what they're going to do is they're going to take that and they're going to buy, you know, 10 more washer and dryers. So now those tokens, and you can go out there and sell those tokens to other people and they can use them on the washer and dryer, right? So basically when you're doing an ICO, this token can be a utility that that becomes you know, maybe a year or two of revenue up front, and you're able to take that revenue now, use it to spend on growing your business. And and then, you know, those tokens can be sold in the free market. So I've loved that analogy. And that's, it seems to me that each one has its own kind of uh, use case and not one size fits all. So I'm glad they're not ruling on it right now. I'm glad this gives us time to think about the space. I'm glad it gives uh, you guys and us time to write our congressman and write the folks that are in those 
finance committees and at the CFTC and the SEC and give them our opinions. Now's the time that they're they're shaping their opinion and we can help facilitate that and actually utilize uh, our, you know, republic in the way that uh, it's it's used for useful, right? We can actually speak our minds still in America. In fact, this just in, Mr. Travis Wright, our corresp- our bad crypto correspondent, Igor uh-huh. Strabensky-Nishkinov, is there in the office of the Securities Exchange Commission. And we're going to cut to him right now because he's going to be asking them about this. Da, yes, this is uh, Igor Gitsinshitsovich uh, uh, or whatever you say. Um, I am going into currently to the SEC CFTC meeting and going to find out for all of us in Russia and America for what is what is an issue with uh, Ethereum. Hello, sir. Welcome to the Securities Exchange Commission. How can I help you today? Oh, yes, da. Uh, my name is uh, Igor Gitsinshitsovich. And I am very curious about uh, this SEC uh, CFTC meeting with the Ethereum security uh, conversation. Mister uh, gets the shits a lot. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um. Well, yes, I read on the internet. Um. Um. New, uh, New York Times. It said you were having on May seventh meeting about SEC CFTC talk about Ethereum. Uh, and if it's security or utility, no? Mm, let, me, let me check the schedule here. Uh, hmm, uh, let's see. Uh, bacon and eggs for breakfast. Uh, a meeting with the president to make America great again. Uh, I, I don't see anything on here about uh, the, the, the SEC meeting about what What did you call it? Iberium? Uh, a Wobbium? What is that? Uh, Ethereum, uh, you know, for like cryptocurrency. Uh, I tell you what, this is a blow out your ocean plohole. <laughs> well, there you have it, Igor, on the scene at the Securities Exchange Commission, and it appears that it is fake news, it is FUD, and uh, we now return you back to our regularly, originally recorded podcast. All righty, well, speaking of control, let's hand it over to Rachel Wolfson. And Sarah Austin, the crypto chicks, they had an opportunity to sit down and have a convo with Michael Juan. And I think you're going to dig it. So, ladies, take it away. We are here with an e-commerce and blockchain expert, Dr. Michael Yan. He's the chief scientist of the Cyber Miles Foundation. Hi, Michael. Welcome. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Great. Great. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah. And also Sarah's in the house. Yep. Sarah's in the house also. Hi, Michael. Hi, Sarah. Great, Michael. So thank you for joining us today. Um, There's been a lot of talk going on lately about Amazon, how they've recently been granted a patent. Um, And since you're an e-commerce expert, um, I thought it would be great for our listeners to better understand what Cyber Miles is doing in the e-commerce and blockchain space. Well, um, Cyber Miles Foundation was uh, created last year to um, because we see a problem in today's uh, e-commerce space. What is the problem? The problem is centralization. If you look at the two biggest uh, economic powers in the world, United States and China, the richest person in the United States and the richest person in China are both founders of e-commerce companies. One is called Amazon, and the other one is called Alibaba, right? You know, that's, uh, however, when you look at the work that they do, they are 
network builders. They are um, unlike traditional companies where you have, you know, uh, vertical integration, where you have, you know, uh, uh, workers that you have to pay suppliers and, and, and all that. Today's e-commerce companies or internet companies in general are very much network builders. And they have a corporation sitting on top of the network. Once they build the network, it becomes really obvious that they're going to seek rent, right? You know, so this rent-seeking behavior is going to dominate in a network economy. And in this scenario, it's really a winner-takes-all. You know, there's a, nobody going to care who's the second biggest network for e-commerce. Everyone going to want to be on the biggest network of e-commerce. And in this case, there's really no chance to, uh, for small players or for small businesses to be even, um, you know, to, to escape the tax, right? You know, to, to say that I don't want to be on the network that Amazon has built or Alibaba has built, that I want to be on my own. That's, um, that would increasingly not be the option. As someone who has done, you know, uh, e-commerce companies both in, the, in China and in the, in the United States, that well, we see this as an unhealthy development of the ecosystem. And we have really thought that the network should be built by the network participants. It should benefit the people who build the network, not uh, arbitrary corporations that has just happened to invest a lot of money and, uh, you know, and, and be able to build a monopoly of, the net, of this network. So that's what CyberMiles mission is, to decentralize e-commerce. We want to build a new kind of network that where buyers and sellers are more can have a better, a more fair share of the of the profits that have been generated by the network. They can, the for instance, the, the the sellers on this network can collaborate, right? You know, they can share customer data. They can um, they can um, create single sign-on for customers. They can share their supply chains. They can monetize or the loans and and other financial assets on their supply chain. Just like Amazon and Alibaba would be able to do today within their scale. And the buyers on this network would also be able to have more choices in terms of merchandise, more choices in terms of sellers, and uh, in the end have cheaper prices because we would not create the richest person in China and the richest person in the United States to support this network. All the profits from this network and all the equity that's um, built from this network would go to the participants. And that's could only happen if we have a, a, high, a super efficient uh, way of organizing uh, buyers and sellers into a network, which namely, um, in our case, we, we choose a technology called the, block, the smart contract on blockchains, right? This has been attempted many times uh, by other people in the past using nonprofit organizations or using other human-based legal structures, which we don't think um, necessarily works because it's too complex and uh, too difficult to resolve, uh, too costly to resolve any dispute um, through, the, through the legal means. Um, but if we can do it in a truly machine-to-machine fashion and have automated smart contract to govern the relationship between humans and uh, business entities, we think there's a really good chance that's, uh, uh, that we will be able to build an entirely new type of network that is actually native to the network age, not a network that is built by a company who should not have been there. That's the, you know, the, 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 uh, I, I'd say that's a long-winded 
version of the, the mission statement for CyberMiles. Well, yeah, and and if you look at Amazon's crypto patent that they filed for, you see this very centralized, massive institution trying to become decentralized. I mean, is that even possible? What are your thoughts? This has been really interesting because, you know, um, whenever you do something in e-commerce, people would say, oh, you know, don't bother even trying because if, if you go big, if you become big, then I'm not going to buy you. You know, Amazon would choke you, you know, so, or, or do something like that. In the same thing they say in China, you know, just don't try. If you try something, then Alibaba will kill you, right? But I think the thing about blockchain and the new type of network is so fundamentally different than what's in the past. It's uh, um, to fully realize this, this, this vision, to fully re- realize this decentralized vision, you would have to remove this company in the middle at all. You know, that's, um, this company would not exist at all. So this is not something Amazon can do. So Amazon has been really, in, in the patent space, Amazon has been really innovative, but also very controversial. You know, um, I used to work in the open source community, you know, that we build free software and open source software. And uh, I remember the big battle against Amazon when they had the one-click patent, right? You know, it's a software patent that patents something really obvious, you know, that's uh, um, and 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 really, it's the intended effort, the, the intended goal is to choke off competitors. You know, it's not um, you know the intended goal of the patent system, which is to protect innovators, right? You know, that's uh, um, when we see uh, crypto patents. You know, I I it strongly reminded me. You know, that's uh, uh, the things that they have done in the past. That's like the one-click patent. You know, that's uh, uh, that said. You know, um, I also think this is. Because the, the rule of the game in the crypto world is not companies and equity and uh, those traditional measures of monetary success. The measure of success in the crypto world is really how big the community you can, you can build and whether you can build an efficient and a network with the right rules. If you just look at the crypto network that has grown big, you know, if you look at the Bitcoin network and the Ethereum network, They've grown to $100 billion enterprises without a single valuable company in the ecosystem. That, I think, represented a fundamental change in maybe the entire capitalist history, you know, is that the money creation is outside of, you know, the, 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 the equity market. It's uh, the, the people who create the market, the people who created the value and who benefit from value holds no shares, are not investors in those, in those networks. They're users of these networks. So that's, you know, um, to me, this is not just something a big company can disrupt. This is a whole paradigm shift. It's a whole different way of thinking. Wow. wow. It's happening. Right, Michael? That's, that's a very powerful point that you bring up. How exactly is CyberMiles disrupting the e-commerce space when it comes to community and all of that? Right. You know, so um, uh, our goal is really to build a new type of network, right? You know, it's, uh, um, we want people, um, you know, um, buyers and sellers, merchants and suppliers, um, people who provide loans and, you know, the finances to companies and, and, and all those players, the, the people, people in the entire e-commerce value chain would be able to have an infrastructure that they can use to build their contracts. So in place of the legal contracts, they have smart contracts that are enforced by the blockchain. And that is the value that we provide. 
So you know, when we say uh, e-commerce, um, you know, uh, network, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you guys are gonna build a marketplace like Amazon do, or you you're gonna build a marketplace that's gonna accept the Bitcoin, like uh, Open Bazaar." You know, that's uh, that is entirely not what we want to do. Actually, if we want to build a new kind of internet that allows e-commerce players to collaborate with each other through smart contracts, not using legal contracts, but through smart contracts. And that, we think, is going to create the next e-commerce giant or net e- uh, uh, the, the next e-commerce network that ensures the, the value from the network is, is fairly distributed uh, among all the participants without anyone, including us, including CyberMiles, would not be able to seek rent on this particular network. Speaking of community, Michael, I hear you guys are very big in the Dallas community and that Mark Cuban is actually using the Cyber Miles token known as CMT for fans to purchase Dallas Mavericks tickets. Is that correct? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. You know, that's uh, um, that's our early effort to do uh, community building, right? You know, like uh, like I said, you know, the, the vision for Cyber Miles, like I just laid out, is going to bring big changes to society, and it's not going to happen, I think, uh, certainly not within months, not within, probably within, not with, even within years. But, you know, that's we're going to maybe have a generation of people working through this vision to, you know, to, to truly disrupt what has happened, you know, what's uh, the status quo, right? Because this is the economic system we have. However, we start from baby steps, right? We, we start from regional players in the in in the space like like Mr. Cuban, right? You know, that's uh um so we are trying to make um uh, cryptocurrencies more accepted in the society and in e commerce in general, right? You know, that's um I, I know people have used Bitcoin to to buy and sell stuff. You know, that's uh, uh we uh, our partnership with uh with Dallas Mavis is one of the examples that we are trying to bring more awareness and more utility to the um, uh, to the tokens that are being issued on our blockchain. So this is one of our first, I would say, consumer level use case. Um, that's um, that's um, that's uh, our token CMT has. But in the future, of course, there there will be a lot more, and and uh, I, I would be even more excited with the use case that are actually not visible to the consumers, right? You know, the business to business contracts. Um, that that's used CMT to to um, to to to, uh, to execute and ensure security of those contracts. I think those are also you know um, um, uh, super super interesting and super important for the community we're trying to build. Yeah, and it sounds like also a key differentiator between what you guys offer and what others are not offering. Like you had mentioned, Open Bazaar, for example. So it's uh it's exciting to watch and see what you guys cook up next in terms of your next big partnership. So thank you so much for coming on the Bad Crypto Podcast with Rachel and I. Thank you. Thank you so much for for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us, Michael. And we're looking forward to hearing more news from Cyber Miles and find out more about what you guys are doing to disrupt the e-commerce space using blockchain technology and smart contracts. 
Very cool. Uh, Crypto Chicks chatting with Michael Yuan of Cyber Miles. And pretty interesting, Dallas Mavs and uh, the NBA basketball team uh, talking about how tickets can be used. That seems maybe some, you know, future e-commerce stuff going on there, plus blockchain. Mr. Jokam? Absolutely. I, I love to see all these specific, um, you know, applications uh, of blockchain technology. And of course, the the chicks are going to be bringing us some more interviews. And uh, all, thanks to all of you who like the variety that having um, a couple of the opposite gender on the show, they're extremely knowledgeable and uh, getting the hang of this um, interviewing thing. Very true. Very true. Hey, also uh, chatted with uh, Chris Snook, who is my co-author of Digital Sense and also the chairman of the World Tokenomic Forum, which is going on here this week. And um, I asked him if he had a quote about what's going on with, uh, you know, Ethereum as a security. And he said this, uh, whether this upcoming SEC ruling provides a boost to prices or yet another blow to the crypto asset class, it will establish much much needed clarity for all stakeholders as to where boundaries and precedent moving forward uh, will lie in the U.S. and other countries will follow suit. Uh, the conversation at the World Tokenomic Forum May 8th through the 10th and the attendance of several offshore regulators and dignitaries will prove to be a timely one for the entrepreneurs, uh, enterprise leaders, and capital providers in our membership. From the chairman of the World Tokenomic Forum. Yes, and when you hear from us next, it will be from the World Tokenomic Forum, where we will be uh, interview. We're gonna. There's gonna be so many people there that we're gonna want to interview. Uh, some real leaders in the crypto space, and uh, we're also gonna get some uh, beach time. Don't forget, Travis, to bring your SPF 50 because I know you have fair skin and you know tan. Don't burn, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to it. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, that is true. I do tan, but I need to be smart about it. Because I tell you what, when I was did that blockchain cruise in Asia, and we had that day in Thailand in the middle of the winter, like when it is mid to late January, and you've not seen the sun in a few months, a couple months, and then all of a sudden you're at a full on beach with like, yeah, I did not have nearly enough. Actually, I had zero um, P, uh, SPF on my face, and I got burnt. I looked, I looked like a lobster. It was literally, I was Mr. Crab, Mr. Crabby Patty. Well, hopefully, we will not burn this time, and we're going to bring back lots of great content from you. Thanks so much for listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. If you haven't shared the show with a friend, somebody that you care about, that you feel like, hey, you guys really need to get with the cryptos, and Travis and Joel are the ones that can be your bad Sherpas. Give it a listen. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, I would say this. I always say for people, if you're just starting or you want somebody to start, have them start at the beginning, badco.in, which spells bad coin, if you haven't figured that out by now badco.in forward slash 001-002-003 and 006. If you listen to those right there, you get a really good um, you know feel on what's going on with the, as we were beginning our journey and as we've grown and we've learned a lot throughout the show, but it just puts that nice foundation in what's blockchain, what's Bitcoin, what are cryptocurrencies, why are they valuable and what are the future of them? And uh, I think they came out pretty well when we chatted about those first few episodes. And why? Are you listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast? Well, it's because of one reason, and that is your desire deep, deep down in your soul to stay bad. Who's bad? 
The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.